0: Wednesday somewhere, and that means that you're listening to spoiler alert. Tonight we continue our crank. We continue to crank the dial of time backwards, <laughs> as we hit the year of my birth, 1989, a prominent year in our timeline, full of torn down walls, revolutions, the Galileo spacecraft, the Game Boy, and of course, Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Now, as we all know, the Double Deuce is the meanest, loudest, and rowdiest bar south of the Mason-Dixon line, and Dalton. Has been hired to clean it up. That's right everybody. It's a Roadhouse what? Sean? Oh. Jeremy, you don't you mm, want to talk mm, about you want to talk about things other than Roadhouse?
1: Honestly no. I
0: did watch Roadhouse this
2: <laughs> week. <laughs> I didn't it's get to memo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love how that bit just sort of slid into reality there <laughs> oh, for my, a minute. Everything you say is true. <laughs> okay we want to talk about other th- things there's a 1989 uh episode not to be confused with the taylor swift album anyway uh i cannot talk about it alone i'm joined by my trusty set of spare tires sean That's and uh of <laughs> and, a ra- <laughs> and a rowdy strongman sonia how are you guys correct great <laughs> i'm glad you think of me as
1: a spare tire
2: yeah,
0: reliable and necessary. A, a set, Sean. Oh, a set of spare
1: that's tires. That's
0: expensive. We need all, se- all season, it. all and on rims. Oh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know, the whole package. Uh, as I mentioned, we're talking about the films that came out in 1989. This week, last week we talked about the came the films that came out in Sean's birthday birth year, '87. Uh, and next week we're going to talk about. Sonia's birth birth year, 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for me to talk about the 1900s right now. Mm-hmm. It just is a difficult thing that I've not said in a long time. Because we really do refer to them by just the last two digits. And I don't talk about the befores a lot. The before the 90s. But uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Uh...
2: <laughs> was that Was that a question or just...
0: Letting us this know. Is a bit of a bit of a Jeremy's thing
1: hitting the Jagger tonight baby every
0: every single day uh, okay you guys let's get into it are there any recognizable themes of the of 1980 of the films of 1989 i don't know if there's like a lot of through lines but i did notice this year that
1: things get take a bit more of a slapsticky turn mm-hmm. or they get a, a little more wacky wacky silly um, and also something I noticed is that there's a few more, um, I would say like critically acclaimed, like animated stuff pops up. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, oh, this is a an art form that we legitimize and can make money and maybe has a heart behind it. Yeah. There's like Kiki's delivery service and like Little Mermaid, you know, uh, mm-hmm. my heart.
2: All oh, dogs go to heaven.
1: Well,
0: God that's heart. Bless my heart. It's very scary. <laughs> It is scary. <laughs> it's a horrifying movie. Uh, Sanj, any any themes you saw?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Sean captured it for me. Like I just noticed in going through lists that there's a lot of silliness. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I guess you know the the Berlin Wall came down and people were like, we need a laugh. So
0: maybe it was it was a t- it was a time of sadness and that's where they're like, you know what we need? Fletch lives. And that, you know what, by by golly, they did it. Uh, I do feel like, especially, like, I think, if anything, looking at uh, 89 has, like, upped the prominence of 87, mm. in a way, because I feel like there are maybe, like, a few highs, or a few peaks, almost as high, or maybe a bit above, depending on how you feel about certain things, and then a lot more lows. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about Tango and Cash, but... I don't really care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like that didn't really pop up during our Tom Hanks episode, so I didn't I didn't watch. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: are you thinking? Are you thinking thinking of Turner and Hooch? I'm
1: literally thinking of Turner and Hooch. Sorry. Yeah, see, that's but
0: that's a good indicator to show, like you when it's someone and someone, I think it's a dog, and Sly Stallone and a dog. So I think that's probably for the best. Maybe, I don't know. Let's leave it at that. Uh, you guys, who are the stars of the late 80s? Who made it those past, two, like, two years later to continue starring in these films from last week? There's not as much Nick Cage here. I don't even know where he is.
2: A distinct lack uh, of Cher as well.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Cher
1: said, I'm taking a, taking a couple years off. I think, I don't know, weirdly in this bunch, there's not a lot of people that, like, double tap. Like, it felt like in the eighty seven there was a lot of gals and that like, did a few in the same year. But this one, it's it's kind of sporadic.
0: Um, but I feel like Michael Douglas is popping up all over the place here, and he kind of was in there before. He was sort of the one standout, I would say, between the two. And like, what? I don't know, what did Michael Douglas do this year? Black Rain, it's like his like. Oh, and War of the Roses action, a oh, really yeah yes War of the Roses
1: is such a bad movie. But it really capitalized on this, like, we got the three, get Danny DeVito and Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas together and it's magic, baby. And (laughs) then they're like, well, not this, not this time. (laughs) Yeah, there are Uh, actually, I think, quite a few
2: movies this year that really relied on the star power of the people in them. So it's funny that you say Mm that. Um... Like, the only big stars, though, I could think of that were kind of, like you said, double-tapping is, like, Tom Hanks was in a couple, I think. He had The Burbs and Turner and Hooge. The Burbs,
1: iconically, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And then, who was the other one? Oh, John Candy, I think, had a couple as well. I don't think he was, like, top of the stars. But he did do Uncle Buck this year, which was, you know, Mm -hmm. a big one.
0: But we are in the heart... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, well, I was just... We are in the heart of, like, the... I don't even know what you call these guys... It's like uh, we got Kevin Costner. We've got uh, why can't I remember it? Michael Keaton. There we go. Mm-hmm. I got around to it. And it's like like eighty nine seems to be the time of the B list action star.
2: Hmm.
0: Like they they just all are like popping up here, not in a big way, but everyone's here. Yeah, you know, I can Bruce see that. isn't, but
1: they're raising you know. their hand, they're getting in the mix.
0: They are. They are getting in the mix. Um, and, of course, we should mention that it is a Batman year.
1: Uh, it is a Batman so, year.
0: Yeah. Um, so, we, we kind of alluded to this, but we should... is Has the quality gone up or down from 87? Two years later, we're still going to the theater. Are we Are we upset about it? Are we happy about it? I don't know. I think maybe the quality...
1: There's still a lot of really iconic films that came mm-hmm. out this year. hmm um, but True. maybe just like a, I hate to say it, but maybe just a tiny step down. No offense, we cannot live up to eighty-seven.
0: Eighty-seven is a big year, big year, big year. Yeah,
2: that's like cool. when we get to next week with ninety-one, I think we'll see that it's not that big of a step down because spoiler alert: a drop. Ninety-one's a, a drop. <laughs> um, it's a flop.
0: A dip. Yeah. That's where that's where it gets steep.
2: So it depends. I think it depends kind of like how you weight things. Like how, you know, but there were, as we said, so many iconic movies in 87. And like Sean said, there were some this year, like not for nothing. There are several, mm-hmm. but I think just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit quite as hard.
1: There's a yeah, there is a lot of references that are in a lot of these, like mm-hmm. dead poet society, like still lives large driving Miss daisy, mm-hmm. obviously field of dreams yeah everyone's like if you build it that will come or whatever <laughs> and probably a lot of people haven't seen it and honestly i haven't Ooh.
0: and did yeah. i watch you it got this the whole week plot, yeah. no
1: one didn't All
0: right. <laughs> uh, but we also like i think further to that when harry met sally is probably the the pinnacle of the of, of the thing sort of still going from this year just because it is i don't know i think it's uh, i mean bill and ted is on this list as well mm-hmm. and that i did watch but, this year
1: but i would mm-hmm. say i would say when harry met sally definitely edges it out
0: oh certainly because it is a, uh
1: it is it's a blue it's a rom-com blueprint mm-hmm. and bill and ted is like great but it's not really mm-hmm. a blueprint
0: no, no bill and, yeah bill and ted tr- true bill and ted was a moment and i think we can all recognize that moment a great moment but uh true very true. Extremely, extremely true. Uh, and then Parenthood, which I still refuse to watch because of a, a trailer I saw of it once. Um, Why, was Shelley Long in it? <laughs> I don't know. It just looked bad. And I was like, I don't know if I can watch Steve Martin in a bad movie. And then I I think, what was it called? My, my Blue Holiday or something? My Blue Heaven. Uh, and that was a bad Steve Martin movie. And I don't think I can ever come back from Steve it. Steve Martin's it done okay. some
1: Conker's. I hate to
0: break it's it true. to you. It's true. Uh, fun fact: that's the sequel to Goodfellas. It's the same character in both, uh, yeah. and that'll make your nose bleed if you if you if you want to think about that. But you know, you know, uh,
1: I haven't seen Goodfellas, so that joke really flew flew around me.
0: <laughs> it's not a joke. It was a fun fact. Oh, it's a real fact. It's a real fact. So Dave yeah. Martin is in Goodfellas. No, he's the character. he's the real life character, and he's in both of the movies. Huh. Yeah. Well. One's one's a, com- one's a comedy about after he's in witness protection, and the other's a, a gritty crime drama of before he got in there. Got it. There we
1: go. Got it, got
0: the got it. More uh, you jokes. know, things are fu- things are funnier when you explain them. Uh, <laughs> that's anyway, the, that's, that's the hallmark of a good joke. Uh, you guys, let's dive in. What did you watch this week? Well, I
1: did watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which I'd never seen mm-hmm. before. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know. We all have these blind spots. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh.
0: Sean, tell me about your first. Did you watch both of them? No, I just, wa- I just
1: watched the first one.
0: Um, it was <laughs> fun. I... <laughs> I'm i blown away. I don't even know how you didn't you have. Didn't you have TBS? No, baby. Oh, I, have been C... over
1: I had CBC and CTV and they didn't have anything on there. Well, guess what? They had sequel like weirdo Canadian Indies sometimes. That's fair.
0: Uh, the sequel came out in '91, so <gasps> guess what, Sean? Wow. Okay. It's all well, I guess I have to watch the sequel for next week. Be um, excellent to each other.
1: I did find that I was a little disturbed by the teacher, where at the day before the presentation, he reveals to them that if they, if they don't get an A on this presentation. They fail the class, and then they fail the entire year that they're in. And then Ted's dad will send him to an Alaskan military. So the stakes couldn't be higher. (laughs) I was like, this is a lot to drop on these kids. And then also, like, uh, it seems like you probably had a couple months, sir, where you knew these boys were floundering. And you only (laughs) reveal it to them now, where they have basically no time to do anything and get help. I just did not respect this man's uh, pedagogy.
2: Yeah.
0: Sometimes Sean, you just get behind on grading, man. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was just like, I felt, I felt very bad, very bad for them, um, and also that his entire history class, he seemingly just calls on someone and says a name, and then that person has to say what their biography, and if they don't do it, you you fail. And that's insane. <laughs> it is. Sorry, sir. that's a terrible educating. Um, there was a line that I loved. It was, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And anyone that's been to a Circle K knows this to be entirely true. <laughs> um, and also, oh, I was struck by the presentation that they end up doing in front of the entire school. The way it's edited around, but if... It seems like it would have taken upwards of two hours to do everything that they had done and the way they do such an intro for each of their the characters that they bring back from time. It, those students would not be
0: that excited
1: for such a lengthy process.
0: Uh, Sean, I, I don't know if that's true. And that was a tight 15 minute presentation as oh. it was required to be. I don't believe I so. Mean. <laughs> I do not believe so. I think once you have time travel involved, you can do a little bit more, a little bit more stuff. Uh, now, I have very fond memories of watching uh, Bill and Ted, and uh, I do think that their depiction of the future is like a really fun, crazy one. And I love how 80s the whole thing is. Do you remember what year Rufus comes back from, Sean? Do you remember? Is it oh, like something crazy George calls? Carlin. No, I forget. Yeah. or I don't know. If okay. I... It's probably passed. Like we probably lost our, our lost our window. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well,
1: yeah, I hate when they're like, It's from the crazy future. Two thousand and one.
0: Like, oh man. <laughs> Let me look I'm gonna look it up. Uh I'll I'll get back to you guys. Sanj, did you watch anything this week or thoughts on Bill and Ted? Have you seen
1: B and T? I have seen B and T
2: but not for a long time. Like Mm hmm. I maybe watched it, would I have watched it, maybe for the time travel show, although I don't know if I was there for that one, but now I'm like, did I watch it for our like stoner movie show? And that's why I can't remember it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You indulged before.
2: Perhaps. (gasps) It's a possibility. But I remember it being fun.
0: It is fun. It definitely is fun. Uh, Also, I'm going to have to watch it with the child at some point and see if she can figure out what a phone booth is.
1: (laughs) She's literally going to be like, I don't understand what any of this is.
0: Why? Yeah. Why are they in this tiny room? I don't get it. She's like 15
2: years too young to know what a phone booth is. Maybe more. Yeah,
0: it's true. Uh, I don't think she has ever seen one. We have seen a payphone, which I stopped to explain to her what it was.
2: Did it blow (laughs) her tiny mind?
0: No, I don't I think she was just like why like it was like a, why would you do that when you have a phone? Like I don't understand. <laughs> this is this other option's like, way fair better. fair question. Yeah. I mean
2: she she knows you know, not what it was like.
0: It's true. it's true. I just looked it up. We've got some times you got some time you guys, it was from twenty six eighty eight. Oh the future okay. of twenty six eighty eight. So, so it's, we have it's that still coming. Well good to know right. Right. Yeah, we we're have still
2: that... around in twenty six eighty eight. Yeah,
0: we we'll that's be there. true. We we have that much time to figure out how to be excellent to each other. Um, um, and I just uh,
1: seeing because I'd seen the one actor in the La Lost Boys two years prior, and was not impressed by him. I forget his name, but Keanu Reeves. Not Keanu. Huh? <laughs> not Keanu. <laughs> the not Keanu character. Yeah. But Keanu obviously slays the house. He's so good. So charming. Um, I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like we tried to put Keanu into different roles that he was like not made for, and it's like, what are we doing? Let him just play himself. <laughs>
2: Let him be a charming weirdo. Yeah, that's I feel true.
0: It. Very true. Uh, Sanj, what did you watch this week?
2: Well, um, I got my eyes on what I think I would call a mom classic. Um, A little southern flick called Steel Magnolias.
0: Oh, oh man. Did baby. you watch that?
2: I did watch that.
0: Are your eyeballs okay?
2: Okay, <laughs> the wild thing is I only cried like twice.
0: Wow. But you'd seen it before.
2: No, I never had. I think, well, I'd maybe Dang. seen, I think I'd seen my mom watch it. So I'd seen like parts of it in passing. You
1: knew it's a faxed.
2: I knew it's a okay. fact, But honestly, I think part of it is, I, w- I went into it being like, this is going to be so emotional that I was like, it's not actually, <laughs> it's it's been overblown <laughs> because, so basically it's just about this group of Southern women, one of whom's daughter Shelby played by Julia Roberts, um, has diabetes and then has some like serious health complications after she has a child and then spoiler alert, Dies kind of out of the blue, but other than that, kind of nothing happens in this movie. Is
0: that fair to say? It's true. That is true. It's true. But it is like when you say it, yeah, yeah, like
1: they're you know this is how life goes. Things arise, but like not huge things. It's like I'm going to get a new job, or like I am going to move out of my boyfriend's house. I guess those aren't big things, but. Like, I guess Shelby passing is the most, like, this is an upended life moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Which a happens it, in, like,
2: the last 20 minutes of the movie.
1: No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Really?
2: I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, when do we have time for Sally Field to be in the cemetery?
2: Yeah. Is that, but the that's, very, is that's, that like,
1: the very end? Yeah. Oh, dang. Well, maybe I should have rewatched this.
2: Well, because this is my thing. I, I wonder if it's one of those movies that like looms larger than it actually is. Because don't get me wrong. There are some absolutely iconic performances. So we have, let me just read you guys some character names. Cause to oh, me, let's that's get this big,
1: cast list going. That's a big yeah. part of it. <laughs>
2: so we have Sally Field as Malin. M apostrophe Lynn. Great name. Great
1: name. Great name.
2: We have Julia Roberts as Shelby. Pretty normal. We have Shirley MacLaine as Weezer Boudreaux.
1: Love Weezer,
2: <laughs> absolutely incredible, hard to top. We have Dolly Parton as Truvy Jones, Olympia Dukakis as Clarie Belcher, and then Daryl Hannah as Annel Dupuis.
1: Yeah, a lot of these names are straight up made up.
2: Amazing, uh, and I but I do think that's a Southern thing. I think I think some of these are probably real Southern names. Um, I know. but yeah, it's like it starts with on Shelby's wedding day. Things are so chaotic. You kind of like. Get introduced to all the characters amidst the chaos, and then it does the, then all these the like juice. T- time jumped. Yeah, and then Drink like the we, juice, we yeah, yeah we see Julie Roberts have a like low sugar attack, um, and then it kind of like time jumps to like a Christmas fair, and then it like time jumps to like Halloween. So that's it's kind of like these snapshots in their lives, and I can get behind that as a narrative. Like it was doing some interesting narrative things, but there were just a lot of times where I was like what is what are we what are we doing like what's happening right now what's the point <laughs> it's like this?
1: a less it's like a less sad a uh, little life
2: yeah honestly yeah <laughs> because literally anything would be less sad um yeah but yeah like i don't know it was like good but i just not quite what i expected i guess
0: i i think there's a thing uh i i can't remember i'm trying to think of some other movies But um, there is definitely a thing in the 90s, and maybe this is just like an early one, and it is just like you're going to cry the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, get ready, get ready, get ready to cry the whole time. And I do feel like, with the huge exception of the Bridges of Madison County, a lot of them don't (laughs) hold up uh, to the amount of sadness they're trying to convey. Uh, Sonia, I am curious, were you frustrated that Like we now have modern technology to handle diabetes, and you were just like, all this has been actually resolved, and and shall be passed for not. Yes, like uh, like if they remade this movie, everything would just wind up fine at the end. I don't actually remember the circumstances of the of her passing.
2: Well, I don't know. Like maybe it would. Like I, I actually don't know if modern medicine has resolved what would have happened because I think the thing was like she wasn't she wasn't supposed to have children because of her condition and then she Mm -hmm. chose to anyway because she really wanted a baby and then was on dialysis so then she had like a kidney transplant um Mm -hmm. so i mean i don't know i don't know enough about diabetes actually to know Mm
0: -hmm. whether but those thoughts were not in your mind while you were watching it
2: no not especially
0: Mm. you're just watching
1: sally field rip it up yeah, and to, to be thing. fair, rip, rip she does rip
2: it up in this movie. Like Sally is giving you everything, Merlin <laughs> <laughs> everything in a bag of mullet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Steel magnolias, it's something.
1: And it's also, open. it's funny that they frumpify Daryl Hannah in that. Do you yes, think that's fun? I They're do. like, oh, and our homely friend Daryl Hannah. She's I just mean, like a glasses. And Listen. I know you've come on record before saying that Daryl Hannah <laughs> is not attractive.
2: I wasn't going to bring this up because it feels <laughs> vaguely misogynistic. But I did have that thought while watching this movie where I was like, honestly, I feel a bit vindicated, in my opinion, based on the way she looks in this movie. Like, I don't know. She's beautiful, but I just she's not like the ultimate bombshell beautiful that I feel we've all been told she is. Well, in my
1: mind. A lot of your critiques are aimed at society. On this one. Maybe. You're like, you're telling me things
0: about this movie that are not true.
2: You're right. You're right. Maybe, that's true. M-
0: maybe we need to have a show that's like a great debate where Sean and I can weigh in and then you can make your final decision. Can that's we
1: cast the 2023 remake of Steel Magnolia sometime? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> please. Who's in that? <laughs> oh, my God.
2: We've lost a lot of greats who I feel would be good in it. So, like, we'd have to think.
1: Yeah, we'd have to put some heads together, but that'd be a fun
0: one. That would be a fun. It would be a fun one, but perhaps for a different show. Uh, quickly before the break here, we do have some time. Uh, I do enjoy how often your guys's selections of the week are twins, or perhaps, different. or and then I'm just over here because I do want to talk about Batman, which I watched this week. Mm-hmm. Um, which I am going to call the comic book origin story done right. Have you guys seen Batman? I
1: have. The Jack Nicholson one, right? This is this year? Yes. Yeah. Odd,
0: well, yeah. I think um, so. There a lot more... Like, I I watched it. Uh, I think it was a pretty big moment, especially because I, I think it was sort of doomed to fail. And really, the whole thing just is, like, how much work can Prince and Jack Nicholson do to get this movie across and the answer is more than enough, I think, <laughs> to to do the Prince did do the work. whole thing.
2: Between the two he of did. them. He
0: definitely yeah. did. Uh did you yeah, I, I was very surprised when I found out the whole soundtrack was Prince. And then like it's incredibly obvious. Like it's not even like there's no subtlety in that regard at all. And it is just kind of incredible. But the fact that I didn't know is the thing that is maybe most surprising. Like, I think I found out when I was young but uh, no matter anyway uh, I think everyone knows the story of Batman we've seen it 87 times not depicted here where like Michael Keaton just sort of is Batman at the start of the movie and everyone's scared of him but fine with how that all came together like like anyone watching this just already knows uh, all of the stuff that happened to make Batman oh, happen I get
1: it you went to the opera your parents <laughs> with the alley <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Um, but uh, I I don't. You guys, it's just so satisfying to me. I don't know why. I I don't know what it is, but I could watch all of the Joker's sort of schemes all the time. And I was a very big fan of like the Adam West situation. We've talked about Batman. Mm-hmm. You guys, your guys' favorite Batman is Adam West. I would say, well, could be wrong. Hard to talk. Any same person as this, of course. I don't know. I I struggle with it way more though. I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but uh, maybe movie of the year in terms of financials with uh, uh, f- uh f- and eleven million dollars at the box office. So it, like made ten times what it cost to make. Uh, but I think it was probably one of the most successful movies that year. Um, anyway, I just love the idea that like in this time frame. Tim Burton is like an up and coming and they don't know if he can handle it so they give him Batman because they're pretty sure it's just going to fail anyway that and is really uh,
1: wild they're like give him this like low level garbo
0: yeah just give him just the give him this, movie. And, then, and then it'll be fine uh, anyway you guys uh, it is time for me to stretch my stretch my wings and fly did I bring up Batman to make that joke maybe uh, <laughs> shunt <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're listening to us talk about the year 1989 on, spoiler alert, uh, on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to, spoiler alert, on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Today, we're talking about 1989, the films of 1989, the Game Boys, the Walkmans, now we're just talking about the movies. But first, talk about those things. No, that's not it, that's not like our, Say, we know what time it is? Anyone have any awareness of the time. I'm very unclear about what time Evening? it is. Evening Evening time. It's game time, people. What?
2: What, 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 what?
0: For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, I think it was like five minutes this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about. We all have a good time. Are you guys ready to play the game? I'm ready. Yeah. This week's title is Phantom of the Mall Eric's Revenge That title That title again <laughs> Phantom of the Mall colon Eric's Revenge
1: wow. Eric's Is this a sequel?
0: I don't know
1: Because <laughs> if there's <laughs> a bunch of Phantom of the Malls then what are we doing as a society? Mm. I'd like to Okay write- yeah, I As well I believe that Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, is about, you know, about a bunch of teens that work and socialize in the mall. It's from the mm-hmm. 1989. Um, one of them, Christine, uh, works in uh, the hot dog shop uh, in the food court. It's a mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera um, premise, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes she will wake up like in the in different parts of the mall without knowing where how she got there and uh, and then she so she researches uh, kind of what has gone on and she finds out that um a guy named Eric was fired from EB games and has been sort of skulking around the mall since and um she suspects that he is like taking her uh somehow when she goes into a trance state and Take taking her all around the mall, and she finds his lair, and you know. Uh, Does I he wear know. a cool
2: little mask?
1: He wears mm. a great little mask because he has uh, a friar grease stain <laughs> burn on his face. Oh my god! You know, I didn't think about this that that much. Uh, we'll workshop pl- it in the room, of course. Who
0: plays the Phantom? Sean. Who's who? Cast the Phantom for me, please. Um.
1: I guess, like, uh, like one of the Corys, perhaps? Mm. Or. Very good. Very is good. Is that too young? That might be too young. I don't think so. No. It's your story, dude.
0: It is okay, my story. Thank, thank you, Sean. Thank you very much. Thank uh, so much. you.
2: Okay. Uh, Phantom of the Mall Eric's Revenge opens. It's 1984. Uh, a little kind of pimply, weedy little teen named Eric is working at the corndog stand. Um, his manager has left to go have a date with a girl and left him in charge, but he is ill-prepared to be in charge of the corndog stand. Um, mm-hmm. A terrible accident occurs, and he is impaled by one of the little sticks at the corndog stand.
0: <sighs> <on>. No. Flash <laughs> ahead. Do- he dogged He dogged himself? He, got, he
2: dogged himself. By he
0: act. got completely dogged.
2: Absolutely dogged. <laughs> dogged to within... I was going to say an inch of his life, but actually the whole thing, because he's dead. Um, oh. The year is now 1989. Um, there, As Sean said, is a group of teens who works at the mall who are friends. Uh, weird occurrences start to happen, mm-hmm. and various authority figures around the mall start to be found impaled on corndog oh. sticks. Eric's ghost has returned, and he is here for revenge for the terrible workplace safety conditions that he faced and and that took his young life.
1: Is there a, a major set piece where a chandelier made of corn dogs like falls to the to the ground in
0: the yep.
2: mall? Yep, there is. Well,
0: is, it, uh, is it because the corn dog place is called like Fancy Dogs and it has a chandelier made of corn dogs? Yep. Okay, there we um, go.
2: I, this is me yes anding without the and.
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It doesn't yes, shed Andy, much light, unfortunately,
1: end. but it looks cool.
2: But then I think at the end they they kind of like solve the the story and and like get Eric his kind of like relief, and then he's able to pass on.
1: He sheds his cornmeal coating and gets to
2: heaven,
0: leave this mortal coil. Yeah, and he gets to he gets to move on. Uh, okay, thank you, thank you both for those exciting answers. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I have to do some pointage today. Um, Whoa. because we're in this weird situation where like, if you kind of mixed both of your things, they would be right, so half a point each, I'm going to say That's almost like no
2: points, but I'll take it <laughs> Jeremy that's, that's,
0: I, think, I think that's what it is You're a real uh, one, Jeremy Well, You guys came up with the whole thing uh, I remember watching this, it's so bad you guys, it's so terrible uh, Anyway, Phantom of the Mall Eric's Revenge is an 89 slasher film um, most notably it stars, um, well, it doesn't star. He is in it. Uh, Polly Shore is in it. <gasps> mm, <laughs> that, that's classic. sort of like the, that's kind of the big name, uh, associated with it. Uh, I guess, I he would be Morgan,
1: a great mall kid. That's his vibe. Well, he, he is. <laughs> yeah. That's,
0: that's true. Morgan Fairchild is in here, but I don't know if she wants to be associated with this anymore. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, it's, about a guy who dies in a suspicious house fire and then a year later a mall is built over the site of the house mm. and his his phantom is in and around uh there is like he does fashion a mask out of a like a mannequin head or something oh that's good yes anyway there is like that is a hundred percent of the plot i spoiled everything for you i'm going to spoil the ending um, and then it's just him killing people Like that's all it is In no. unique and innovative ways Unfortunately Like I don't think Mallways There's no, there's, there's no mention of Corndog But uh,
1: It's, it's like, unspoken I, It's
0: inherent I mean I'm trying to think If that actually happened or not But anyway, I mean like
1: Does someone get squished In the escalator Like
0: uh, Things No no like, that. like No it's more of like A Jason situation Where he's walking around yeah. Chasing Ooh. them At a slow pace Like Ooh. one of those One ahead, of those guys uh, I will say um, that at the end, a lot of people get out, and then Eric is able to use the bomb that he made underneath the mall to blow up the mall. Eric. Dang. So, he, so the characters get out, but the mall, the mall does the not. The mall does not get out. It does not. Uh, wow. Anyway, if you guys need to feel your heart pump and to be alive, <laughs> Fant- Phantom of the Mall Eric's revenge from 89. Uh, I do not know. This is, I'm going to Google it. This is probably one of those ones that's like lost to time. Lost to time? Oh.
1: Okay. Appar-
0: apparently it's so. on Prime Video and you can rent wow. it For uh, two bucks on Google Play. So We don't suggest that. <laughs> Sounds worth it,
2: to be honest.
0: It might it might be worth it. It might be worth it. Uh, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank, thank you. you, Jer. And you're each of your half a point. Um, we are talking about the films from 1989. We're talking about what we watched this week. You guys, what did you watch this week?
1: Well, Sean? I got my eyes on a little
0: thing called Roadhouse. There we go. Wow. Oof, I also, I also watched Roadhouse this week. So I, mean, only, how did you I only did it because
1: Roadhouse? you have mentioned the word Roadhouse to me.
0: It, it is a thing I am so happy to have watched. But when I watch it, I kind of hate the moment I'm in. <laughs> I don't know know why That's a
2: rousing endorsement Uh,
0: Basically it's
1: like A a man Hires a bouncer because he's like you're the best In the biz and I own the double deuce That is a a really Rough bar It's the roughest across All these counties And I need you to come in here and Turn this thing on its head Mm -hmm. And he shows up at this bar and it is Disgusting bar And uh and he really does turn it on his head. Um, who, oh my gosh, what is his name? Patrick Swayze. Yeah. yeah, Patrick Swayze. Is Dalton. The, is Dalton, our main character. Mm-hmm. He has this sort of, he, like this, he has all these, he's a philosophy, he spouts a bunch of philosophies. He does like Tai Chi. He's. <laughs> they give him a, this sort of like deep Eastern mentalities, like sort of dude. And then he will say things like, "What's a lot?" Li- he had a line that said, he, he's giving advice to this guy, and he's like, even the biggest guy in the world, if you smash his knee, he'll drop like a stone. And he tried to act like that was deep, and I'm like, yeah, that's just how the body works, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I do really Dalton. Um, Sam Elliott also pops in as mm-hmm. his sort of friend from the old days. He has black oh. hair, which is... Very un-Sam Elliott
0: And I will also say that like It freaked me out that he's not a cowboy Because he's so much of a cowboy Mm -hmm. He's like 98% cowboy And it's too little He's kind of a bouncer cowboy in this
1: Yeah Yes. He does it He has the shocking moment where you Basically see his pubic bone He's like let me show you this scar Gets the zipper out Shirt up And I was like oh my god Good God, but (laughs) we don't, we get close, but we don't get all the way, but he, it's a, (laughs) things are wild. And then it's sort of like, I would say the mood changes near in the third act when all of a sudden Patrick Swayze, uh, Sam Elliott, spoiler alert, is murdered by people Mm -hmm. trying to whatever, get the bar back, trying to buy the bar. I don't know. You know how things are. Yeah, trying <laughs> to buy the bar, yeah. In the bar industry, and so then Patrick Swayze goes on this like can only be described as a killing spree. He mm-hmm. rips a man's throat out, <laughs> and um
2: not the sound effects.
1: Yeah, it, and then it's he, nuts. And then like five people just murder a man in cold blood. Oh, there's an ins- when he's fighting this. He's fighting this one guy, and this guy's like, I used to f guys like you in prison it's it like it was very happy-go-lucky in the first two thirds and then wowzy wow wow it changed well
0: well it's hard to go like to scale from like what is like i don't know i guess like very choreographed action fights out front of a bar that like just have like people coming at them one at a time and then you go from that to, like, oh, now I have to, like, defend for my life. And it always just escalates in a way that seems weird. But I don't know where else it goes. Like, I don't know how else you resolve that at all. Because I was like, how is his love interest
1: even able to look at him after the way that he's behaved? <laughs> at the end, they just sort of are like, oh, we're now we're back together and things are normal. And it's like, no, man. You've just slaughtered, like, a lot of people with your <laughs> bare hands in some cases. In most In most in cases. Most
0: cases. Yeah. Yikes. But uh, it is peak Patrick. And, like, you can tell that they... When was Dirty Dancing? Does anyone know when that came out? 1987. Okay, well, there we go. Because it was just, like like, him Johnny. doing whatever he wanted. Like, just get up there, Patrick, and you, like, we'll film it and we'll put it in. And you just go ahead. You just proceed. And uh, it is sort of like, I don't know, it's the Keanu Reeves of Patrick Swayze movies, I mm-hmm. guess.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> we'll get you a fight choreographer, and that's all you need. I mean, he probably did. Get it those buns out a few times. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s love getting those buns out,
0: gotta say. It's true. It's a safe space. Safe space <laughs> for safe buns. Safe
2: space for buns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they say cut, Patrick just immediately started doing squats right on the spot. And he would not stop. until Well, like, he probably would,
1: except it. I know he has bad knees.
0: <laughs> that's why he gave up ballet. <laughs> that's
2: so funny that you know that.
0: Uh, the, the sides of Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Uh, Sanj, what did you watch this week?
2: Well, I was like, you know what? Let me Let me delve into the the other serious. I was going to say the serious side of things, but then they realized Steel Magnolias is deeply serious, but also unserious in a way. Um, anyway, I was like, let me go, let me see what's critically acclaimed from
1: 1989.
2: Have you guys ever seen My Left Foot?
1: Sonia. I saw that Daniel Day-Lewis won Best Actor for this, and I was mm-hmm. like, let me see what this character is. And I was like, a boy with cerebral palsy. Okay, here we go. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Let's just get that elephant out of the room. This is Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: not in here address the
1: elephant, but just sweep the elephant out.
2: Sweep it right out. <laughs> um, this is Daniel Day-Lewis did win an Oscar for playing a man with cerebral palsy. Um, however, question mark, like, full stop, that's not okay. We know that's not okay. Interestingly, the director of this movie, Jim Sheridan, has since said that he would not do that now. That he would hire an actor with cerebral palsy, um, but I mean, it was the eighties. This is not that surprising. And actually, I think as far as movies with a non-disabled actor playing a disabled character go, this one is definitely not as problematic as many of them because it's not like inspiration porn. It is. I think like a genuine like you it feels to me like Daniel Day-Lewis was very genuinely trying to portray this real person Christy Brown who was an mm-hmm. Irish painter and author who had cerebral palsy was born into a very poor family um and it's basically the story of his life and so yeah I was like nervous going in to kind of be like okay, hey, what's this going to be and it's pretty jarring at first to see kind of like the very physical way that he depicts, um, cerebral palsy, but, yeah, like I said, the character is, like, quite well-rounded, um, he's not just, like, completely sanitized or, like, infantilized, like, he's actually kind of a dick, honestly, by the time he's an adult, and so I like that, like, I, I like that it's a more fulsome kind of depiction of an actual person rather than just like, oh, let's all get inspired by this disabled person's story kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, like, with Daniel Day, you know, like, he does go all in. Oh, was every... not afraid to go in. Yeah, you know, and, uh, like, starting from actual source text is actually a very good place to pull from, obviously. Um, I have not seen this for a really long time, but uh, I did immediately feel like it was, like, wrong. Like, that was my initial reaction to it, just like, oh, maybe not, you know, like, maybe this is not, but it is compelling, you know, mm-hmm. like it is, and I think that that's kind of like the power of, of, of Daniel Day and his, dare I say, process, uh, mm-hmm. problematic, problems at all. Yeah. Uh, Daniel.
2: Cause he did, he, like, he's method, which, you mm-hmm. know, I have my feelings about method dudes and their stuff. But, like, he did, he stayed in character for like 20 months, I read today. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that's someone who's taking it seriously. There's a lot of discussion to be had about him playing the role in the first place, but, like, you know, he's at least taking it quite seriously.
1: Yes. Maybe too seriously.
2: Yeah, honestly, <laughs> arguably, maybe.
1: 20 months, come on. Come yeah. On, too- <laughs> yeah. But I, it made
2: me wonder, like, I don't know, did this movie, did, because a lot of people saw this movie. It it cost 600,000 pounds to make and made 14 million at the box office.
0: Yeah, whoa.
2: Um, so a lot of people got, saw this movie and it made me wonder, like, you know, what was the impact on mainstream audiences who saw that? Like, you would assume almost no one had any kind of understanding of cerebral palsy in 1989. And so mm-hmm. to kind of see this, like, very human, like, obviously, disabled people are human, but, like, often are depicted in this very monstrous way. To see this, like, very humanizing role, I do wonder, like, did people learn something from watching this? I don't know. But all in all, there were a lot of great performances. Brenda Fricker um, plays his mom, his, like, very tough-as-nails mom, who's, like, the one who stands oh, Irish, up for him. Irish mom. Oh, and she's so great. So, yeah, some really great performances. I Like, I'm glad I watched it. Complicated it's, but
1: good. It's so funny that I'm like, how did I see, see No Evil, Hear No Evil, and not see, like, you know, like, some other films from the same year? Yeah. It's just, like, what what rose to the top and what didn't? It's really yeah, funny. well,
0: and but also, like, because we are children of the movies being on TV and, like, the movie stations and, like, getting things that way where, like, our access is through this funnel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're going to pick one of these five movies and, like, I guarantee that See No Evil, Hear No Evil was played infinitely more than... My uh, little son. Yeah. Like, it's... I mean, yeah. it's... Ba- it's bound... It's absolutely bound to happen. Um, I do want to quickly mention... Not quickly. I want to talk about the greatest movie of all time, maybe. Uh, I watched it this week. I basically just watch it as much as I can. I didn't get to finish it, but mm-hmm. I also watched it, like, six months ago. Uh, and that is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. mm mm-hmm. um, It's still, like, I just love how it goes from, like, this, like, depiction of a neighborhood to this total train wreck, and I don't know how he did it. Like, every time, I'm just impressed again, you know? Like, it's just, like, like the tonal shifts and everything. Uh, We've talked about um, Do the Right Thing a bunch of times on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is about, uh, is it, I don't Yeah, it's about a neighborhood, a bunch of folks in the neighborhood, and how it descends into madness, for uh, a day from the heat, from and the heat, the ra- then the racial tension. Mm-hmm. Some may say that they are linked. Well, <laughs> maybe this film posits that. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, anyway, um, it. I was just reading about it, and I just I do have a question, but is it like, is this one of the top ten movies of all time? Like, is that where we're at with this? Because over the course of the show, I have watched it more than other things, mm-hmm. eight times, and it's still like it's just it's just it's just crazy. I feel all the same things every time, even knowing what's coming. Sometimes even more. Wow.
2: Top ten is tough, but like it's it's up there somewhere. Like it's so so good.
0: Mm-hmm. No, oh, absolutely. There's basically um, no
1: way to have a top ten. I don't there's think a way,
0: there's a way to have a top ten. It just has to change, Sean. Mm. We should have a t- we should have a top ten episode. That would be oh. hard. We
1: should have we should have like a MySpace top eight, and we just change it depending on yes. How that's we feel correct. Out.
0: Yes, uh, mine will just be half Star Wars at any given time. <laughs> exactly. I'm just just float, float, it, float it now. Maybe I'll just have a spot for Star Wars. Something oh, mm-hmm. just like one, like dedicated and I'll just swap it, swap it between the few. Good idea. Uh, yeah. What else do you guys watch this week? Anything else of note before we Um, get in?
1: Well, I watched a film this week that I thought was going to be better, and it's called She-Devil. Oh, God. (laughs) I knew you couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Got sucked in by Meryl. I saw beautiful Meryl on the cover, and I was like, yeah, I know. I know what we're up to here, but, um, yeah, it was pretty... Pretty bad. <laughs> it was so Roseanne. Um picture it. Roseanne is really ugly. That's how oh, they start. No. They're like, she is ugly. She has a big mole. She has weird hair. Anyway, she is married to Ed Bagley Jr. who like always plays like old man attorney in like everything. Mm-hmm. And then was weirdly like young and hot in this. And I was very surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, even him. Um, anyway, so he they're married. they have a not a great marriage. He starts an affair with beautiful author Meryl Streep, and then Roseanne decides to destroy his life, and she really blows it up, but she also is kind of a monster about it. She burns her. she well, the way. Over the course of the film, she kind of kills several animals. (laughs) She burns down her children's home with all of their things inside. And then she gives them, makes the kids live with Meryl and the dad. And then she just like abandons them. And so she's like, just starts this quest of vengeance that is, I think that everyone's supposed to be like, yeah, you go girl. And I'm like, no, you're a complete monster. And she's just like, manipulates uh, people through this new business that she has to destroy every part aspect of his life like his job and and um, yeah I was just like Roseanne, you're a bad you're a bad woman. Meryl <laughs> Streep is not given a <clears throat> ton to do. Uh, this is a couple years before death becomes her. yeah, it's a couple years before death becomes her and the characters are very similar. It's kind of it's a lot of the same mm. vibes um she she does have a great sort of she epically melts down because she's pushed to her breaking point and that is very that's like a good scene that she has but otherwise she's not given a ton to do and it is like why did she even do this i guess you gotta get a you gotta get a check
0: gotta get those credits uh sean may i read to you the start of the imdb page for yes this please mm-hmm a surprisingly resourceful housewife vows revenge on her husband when she begins and when he begins an affair with a wealthy romance novelist. That's it. I well, just you like don't expect a housewife to
2: be resourceful. I was
0: know. like, she's not actually
1: surprisingly resourceful. I guess. <laughs> That's kind of what. Sounds I was like she's a well. bit
2: unhinged.
1: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, she is. <laughs>
0: just a oh, just a tad, just a little tad. Uh, okay, you guys, we have got a few minutes left. Uh, quick little question that we haven't been able to throw out all the time. But uh, what you watching? Oh. No? Um. Yeah. Do you have any what you're watching?
2: Yeah, I was. I mean, I was gonna quickly talk about Kiki's Delivery Service, which I watched this week. Talk about is there I'll that talk much about to Kiki's. say? Is there that much Ooh. to say though? It's just so good. It's so cute and good. Mm-hmm. It's a Miyazaki movie from 1989. Um, watch it if you're sad. It'll make you feel better. But I will talk about something else. Uh, actually, for What You watching, Sean talked about it a few weeks ago, but I finally got some eyeballs on The Banshees of Inna Sheeran. Oh, oh, It's so good, you guys.
1: It's 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 very good.
2: Devastating, heart-wrenching, funny, like, just... I don't know. I don't even know how much I can even say about it. Um, There are so many good performances in it, but... uh, Special shout out to Barry Keoghan, um, who oh, plays yeah. Dominic, kind of like the town simpleton. And he just delivered, like, one of the most heart-wrenching, like, subtle performances I've maybe ever seen. And he deserves the world.
1: Um, do you remember mm-hmm. how much I hated Three Billboards outside of mm-hmm. Ebbing? Mm-hmm. I would... This is the same filmmaker. And I'm like, how is it possible? Because that was like poo-poo, cuckoo, poo-poo. And this was so nice. So beautiful. I felt the same
2: way. Um, I watched it with an an Irish loved one (laughs) who explained to me that (laughs) it's very similar to Martin McDonough's plays. Because he is Irish. Um, And so I think it was kind of like back to his roots a bit. And it's apparently like a very kind of distinctly irish celtic type of storytelling which is maybe because it also
1: is kind of surreal too yeah the way that brendan gleason sort of approaches (laughs) yeah things it's like okay this is actually insane but it seems oddly seems grounded (laughs) yeah in the in the world of this film
0: it's like yeah that makes sense oh nice i gotta get eyes on this i'm the only one who hasn't seen it but that's all the time we have you guys i'd like to give a shout out to the Gary's for the use of our theme song Manituna. My co-host, Sanj, and I put, oh, my God, in my notes, I put Sonya and Sonia's.
1: Ah, <laughs> and Sonia. that's, that's our band. <laughs>
0: Everyone at CJTR and to our listeners, Spoiler Alert is broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m. and rebroadcast Fridays at 3 and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at Spoiler Alert YQR and Instagram at Spoiler Alert CJTR. My Electric is coming up next. See you next week. Bye. Bye.